Well, hello and welcome back to In the Growth Space. My name is David McLennan. I am your host, and I'm super excited for this episode episode 52. Ordinarily, this would be our one-year mark. Uh, We're not quite to the one-year mark. Uh, We had a few extra episodes earlier in the podcast. But today, we are going to be talking about something that is really something I enjoy and something that has offered me a path of growth in a lot of different ways. And I've got a special guest. So the special guest on today's show is Evan McGlennon, my son. (laughs) And we are going to be talking about jazz and how jazz and improvisation relates to leadership. It's a powerful episode. And we quite literally improvised this episode because we didn't want it to be scripted. We wanted to be able to have it really natural and actually demonstrate what it's like to improvise. Now, the reality is, is that in leadership, we improvise all the time. Every conversation that we have is improvised. And so I want to help us to really get outside of this thinking process that improvisation and and talking off the top of our heads is something that is scary and and something that we can't do because we obviously can do it. We do it all the time. So this conversation with Evan is really cool. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice that we actually recorded this in his studio. So Evan is a professional musician. He has a really big following on not only on YouTube, but he also has a big following on uh, Instagram and TikTok. And uh, he's done some really cool uh, covers and some some duets. He's he's done a lot of neat things that are super creative. And uh, I'm excited to actually just sit down and have this conversation with him. So let's get into that conversation. And at the end, I'm going to come back and I'm going to give some recap to the conversation that we had because there are some amazing leadership gold points in this episode. And so uh, let's get into that episode right now. Well, hey, welcome to In the Growth Space. Uh, This is episode 52. So technically my one year of In the Growth Space. And I'm super excited because I'm doing something just a little bit different today. I'm actually entering into my own growth space. And I have a new guest here with me today, and this guest is actually my son, Evan. Evan, welcome to In the Growth Space. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I know, he's super excited about this. (laughs) But we're going to talk today about the role of improvising in leadership and and how to grow in that improvising and grow into our own, becoming our own jazz musician. Evan is a jazz musician. He plays for gigs all over the place. And so, Evan, why don't you just talk a little bit about your your background and, and what you do? Yeah, so I've been playing saxophone, as you know, for <laughs> close to eight years. I'm sure you're not tired of the sound exercises. No. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so I started saxophone uh, about my freshman year of high school. And I started playing through a lot of opportunities that I had through my high school. And so after that, I briefly attended college and moved back to Pittsburgh and then started playing professionally in the music scene, going down to jam sessions that were happening and just networking a lot and meeting different people. And that's kind of how I got a lot of opportunities to start playing professionally around Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't uh, just start playing professionally. I mean, you you laid the groundwork early on. So let's talk a little bit about the really, the I'll call it the catalyst for your own personal growth. And how did you begin that process of really 
let's just say getting good, you know, getting to be to a place where you could go get paid for your your ta your talent. Yeah, well, it's kind of a combination of things. A big thing is obviously just meeting people. Like a, a, oftentimes people say it's not what you know, but it's who you know. Yeah. And I'm sure many of your business partners know that it's a lot about connections, but also being able to, you know, pull your own weight and to be able to show other musicians in the scene that you're looking to improve and that you want to be better and you want to be a part of the community. Mm. Um, so that was always a big thing. Going down to jam sessions was big for me because I got to meet a lot of people in this music scene that were gigging, that were doing what I wanted to do. Mm. And I could talk to them, I could pick their brain, I could ask them about, you know, different things that they're working on or what they see in my playing that might be a weakness, things like yeah. that. And most of that was because I want to improve and I want to be a better musician. But also part of that shows the other musicians in the scene, hey, this guy is really serious about trying to be a part of uh, what we have going on here and be improve as a musician and grow. And so that obviously if, to them, it means a lot that yeah. to see someone that wants that because yeah. it's not all the time that, you know, if you're around a lot of high schoolers, people, people have different degrees of seriousness when yeah. it comes to anything. Right. And so that was just, I've always been really serious about wanting to pursue music and put 110% in it. So yeah, yeah. that was that was definitely big for my growth, just having access to th those musicians at jam sessions specifically and and get to ask them straight up, like, what can I do to improve? How can yeah. I grow? Because these are people that are in the music scene playing professionally. Mm. They're doing what you want to do. Yeah. So just ask them, you know, what can I do to be better? Oh, and so it's just having access to that was just definitely really important. Well, and that just, like, to me, it brings up for emerging leaders, rising leaders, and even senior leaders, being able to be around different people who are a little bit farther down the road than you are, mm -hmm. and asking for that feedback, getting that feedback. What's interesting about this episode, just so everybody knows, we have kind of this rough roadmap, but we have no idea where this is going. So we, te <laughs> we, we technically are improvising. Yeah, this talking is, well. is just improvising. Exactly. So. <laughs> it is. It is. So how did you accept feedback, or how did you view feedback as you asked for some of those those things where people would say well hey if you did this you know that would be better how did, how did you you know kind of walk through that yeah so a lot of it i would so most of the time if i go to a weekly jam session i'd get some feedback and then throughout the next week i'd be working on what they told me to work on and yeah. a lot of the feedback that i got was actually stuff that I, the only way to work on it is by being in that situation. So <laughs> yeah. for example, like I remember one time George High, the drummer said, man, you just need to take control a little more. You just need yeah. to, you know, just be more confident. Yeah. And the only way to work on that is by playing in front of people more often, yeah. just playing. And yeah. so that, that was one of the reasons why I went consistently every week to a jam session because that was one day, one day out of the week that I knew for sure I could go get experience playing in front of people yeah. and in front of other musicians because I find it's different playing in front of musicians than it is an audience that maybe doesn't know what they're listening to as <laughs> deep as someone who's a professional does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a big thing is it was just like once I got told what I could do to work on it, I, I would try to work on it throughout the week if I could. S sometimes I'd go sit in on other people's gigs if, you know, I had teachers that I knew or other people that were playing that said, hey, I'm playing here. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want to come out and bring your horn, I'll let you sit in. Yeah. So I would do that, too, because that was just another opportunity for me to improve in yeah. what I was trying to work on. Oh, I love that. And to the emerging leaders who are part of the emerging leader inner circle, this is exactly why we talk about doing the, the, the table topics, just talking off the top of your head because you have to get immersed in that, that experience. There's no other place, no other way that you can actually just talk off the top of your head than to do that. And do so it, yeah. it's just getting into 
getting the reps in, right? You yep. know, just getting in and, and actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love that. Talk a little bit about your habits. You alluded to one already. <laughs> People probably didn't catch it, but so sound exercises I know is one of your habits. So you 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 have certain habits as a professional mu- musician. So what are some of those habits that have really, you feel like have contributed to your growth and your success? Yeah, definitely building a practice routine just and specifically like warm ups and sound exercises. That's always been a huge part of of what I want to improve. One, I'm I always am trying to work on my sound. It's the first thing that hits people when they hear you is your sound. So yeah. even if you're playing a lot of really cool notes, but if you have a bad sound, people aren't as interested. So right. sound is always super important to me and just building that routine, having something that I can do every single day that over the course of years will compound and just keep improving. Mm-hmm you know, the things that I want to work on. So yeah, I'm a big fan of practice routines. And I think it's great for no matter what, you know, what area you're in, having a routine of something that you can do consistently every day. It's it just over the course of a couple of years, it's really, it's amazing. Even, even if you only do 10, 15, 20 minutes of something a day, that over the course of a couple of years is massive. Yeah. So I've always just been a big fan of sound exercises specifically, but also other, other things that I do later on um, in my practice routine as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and to the leaders out there, I mean, one of the things that I harp on all the time is rituals and routines and, and that compound effect. So for those of you who have read Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, it lays a foundation and a groundwork to be able to build on. And so those rituals, those habits, those routines, whether they're in practicing an instrument or practicing your own leadership and your own personal habits in whatever area of your life, you have to begin to to, to create those habits. So I, I think that's uh, critical for every leader. Yeah. So, this is funny. It's yeah. just like, it's like, I'll say something and you like translate. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like translation. And, and, and interesting. I mean, I think that, you know, jazz is a lot of translation, right? It's kind of like that emotion. And and I think that one of the reasons why I wanted to have this conversation is because recently I've been working with a coach for myself in my own marketing, in my own development. And one of the things that I've become aware of is the foundation of jazz in my own life. I mean, you know that I was a a musician in high school. I never took it to the the place that you've taken it because I didn't learn the yeah the, the theory, the music theory, mm-hmm. and uh, music theory was one of the most uh, difficult <laughs> uh, classes in my college. So as a freshman, I was a uh, a music major, and I took my first music theory class in college. Evan, when did you take your first music theory class? Uh, I think I had like an intro to music theory in my freshman year of high school. So yeah, so it's I like had a few years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the first time I'm sitting down looking at chord structures and things like that, I'm in college. And I, it, it was at that point that I knew that I needed to be a business major. <laughs> but uh, but I but I loved the art of improvisation. I loved the art of jazz. I, I was in the jazz band when I was in high school. And one of the things that I I was really good at was listening to the chord structure, listening to the sounds and playing over that and just actually creating something over the top of that. I didn't necessarily always know the theory behind, well, this is a G major seventh chord or whatever. Uh, I I didn't know that, but I I, I listened and I could play. And I think that sometimes we, we, we have to be able to just 
listen as leaders and and be able to play and improvise over the top of whatever life and and leadership is is given us. And I think that that's my biggest uh, learning and awareness recently is that really leadership is a lot about improvisation. And so let's talk a little bit about improv because obviously we're doing that right now. (laughs) And so how do you learn to improv and how do you learn to begin to create music with just a roadmap or just your, you know, kind of your chord path. Yeah. Well, honestly, there's a few, there's a few different approaches, obviously, to something like it, it, we could be down a rabbit hole pretty quickly. Yeah. But I'm personally a big fan of listening, using your ear, and then just trying to do what sounds good. Yeah. I, I mean, that's how the music evolved, right. and the theory kind of came secondary as an explanation. <laughs> and nowadays, it's kind of taught as the theory is first. Here's how everything is working on paper, and then you go to improvise. And mm. my issue with that is people are often taught, oh, you can play these notes over these chords, and then it just sounds like they're playing those notes over those chords, <laughs> right. and they're not playing something meaningful. Right. So I, I think it's important to have the, yeah, just have have the background of using your ears and listening and following what the other musicians are doing. Like I remember mm. a couple of years ago, I had someone you know DM me on Instagram and say, now, what do you play over the first eight bars of the rhythm changes? Which is like, <laughs> th- I'm like, it depends on what the rhythm section is playing. Yeah, you know? like sure. they're not always going to play the same exact thing. So it's like, I, I, you just have to be able to train your ears to listen and see what are they doing, and now what can I play over that? Because otherwise, you end up just stuck playing. These are what the chords are supposed to be, or right. whatever. And then the rhythm section is trying to take you somewhere and go and you know do something cool and creative and fun. And then if you're not, if your ears are too closed off and you're not listening to what they're doing, then forget about it. You know, you're not going to get to make anything exciting or it really yeah take you outside of your comfort zone and do something different Mm. that maybe you know isn't the traditional way of playing a tune yeah and you know i think that in leadership we have to we we deal with that all the time right i mean we have to be able to hear what our what our team is feeling what our team is playing that and and just because it says to do something one way in a book mm-hmm. or you know in a a, a management class uh, doesn't necessarily mean that that's how we we can interact i mean we can interact and and play with things and and i guess how do you deal with like quote unquote mistakes i mean you know there's and and i guess are there any mistakes in in jazz yeah well really you can you can really justify theoretically you can justify any note over any chord <laughs> yeah. but even more so i found that it's more important how you play something than what you actually play mm. because if you play if you play something that might be really great theoretically everything fits inside the chord <laughs> and you play it but you play it really timidly and you're not so sure about it, then people are going to be like, I'm not sure if that was right. You know, like, is that right? But if you play something that might be completely outside of the chord, maybe makes no theoretical sense at all, it's really a stretch, but you play it with complete confidence, everyone's like, wow, that was really cool. You know, so it's really, it's almost more important how you play something than what you actually play. And Mm. that almost dictates if something is a mistake or not. Yeah, great leadership lessons here. I mean, just be confident in, and even if it's a quote unquote mistake, you can you can just have that confidence and and move ahead and see what happens right yeah Uh, well and another thing too is oftentimes if you play something that maybe wasn't intentional the rhythm section will play that with they'll catch it and they'll play it with you and now it's like well we all played the same thing is that really a mistake you know so there's that aspect of it too you know having people that are also listening and willing to change with you and not say this is where this is it you know if you play something different (laughs) that's that's not right having someone that's listening oh he played this note here and the piano player catches it and now it all becomes 
a group thing and you're all moving together and it's less about, oh, this guy sucks or something. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so. right. Well, and you know, that, that actually like segues beautifully into teamwork and like mm -hmm. co being a cohesive team. And so, you know, let's talk about being a cohesive team and, and listening to each other, because I think that in leadership, one of the, one of the, things that I do in the work that I do is I work with teams. I work with teams to be able to help them to listen to each other and to understand what someone is doing and kind of even going with it to be able to, to make it sound good or make it actually work for the company. So how important is it to like know the team that you're playing with, your, your rhythm section, your, your keyboard, because oftentimes you don't even know who you're playing with until you show up. Right? Yeah, well, and it's definitely more comfortable. Like, for example, the people that are the house band for the jam session that I go to pretty often, I'm very comfortable playing with them because I've played with them for years. But like I just played a gig this past weekend, I showed up and I'm like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Evan. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I only knew the piano player and I had played a gig with him. We were talking about, I played it New Year's of 2019, so oh, going wow. into 2020. Yeah. So that was the last time I played with him. And I'd only, I think that might've been the first time I played with him actually. So yeah. very, very rarely am I playing with musicians that I'm super comfortable with. So yeah. after, you know, it's, it's the, the first tune is always really interesting because it kind of sets <laughs> the stage for how the rest of the gig is going to go. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, so, and the first tune went really well on this last gig. I was like, oh man, I like this. It's going to be good. You know, yeah. it's always like there's a little tension. You start sure. playing and like, okay, all right. Everyone feels like they're gelling really well. It, Everyone's yeah. listening. So that's good. Otherwise, you know, you end up the first tune is like, oh, geez, this is going to be a painful <laughs> gig. You know, it's going to be one that feels like work. Yeah. So it's you're, you're not always playing with the same people and being able to listen. And when everyone is able to listen and mm. part of that just comes comes with with time and practice of playing with musicians that you don't know. So the more yeah. I play with musicians that it's my first time, then mm -hmm. the next time it's our, it's my first time playing with musicians that I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they've played with a bunch of musicians that they don't know either. So it's really easy to quickly kind of gel and learn how to play together effectively, listen to the things that mm. they typically are doing. You know, maybe the piano player likes to do a certain, a certain copying pattern over certain tunes and stuff like that. So just having, being able to open your ears and realize that every musician is going to be different. They're all going to have their own styles. So yeah. just being able to, yeah, really listen to what they want to do and where they're going to take things. That makes it so much easier when you're playing with people you've never played before. Yeah. Do you have any uh, ways that you connect with people initially? I mean, obviously you, you know, you're introducing yourself but is there any way like as a musician that you're basically saying hey this is where I'm at you know and and maybe it is in that first tune it's it's how you're playing or how you're showing up yeah so I mean there's a little bit of, of both playing and like on the stage and off the stage off the stage usually we'll have like a, a little bit of time after we set up before we're ready to play sure. so it's nice to get to talk to everyone and kind of mm. meet you really like get to know them a little bit uh, as a person before you get to know them as a musician and based on their playing and so that's always a good thing but then also yeah usually when I first start I'm start playing with a new group I'm not necessarily trying to reach for anything that's really yeah. outside. I'm just trying to get a feel for everything. Maybe I'll play something and just see how everyone reacts yeah, sure. and see see what happens there. And then that'll then I can start to push things. You know, if, mm -hmm. if everyone's listening and I can see how, how they're reacting to something I just played, then that gives me the freedom to, you know, see how far can I start pushing things as the gig goes on. Yeah, yeah, that's... Those are some great lessons, even in leadership. I mean, just being able to, to, to listen, to be able to try something, to kind of get outside of your comfort zone just a little bit, and, and, and then being able to kind of see how it goes. And so I, I guess one of my questions then is how, if you were an emerging leader and you were in the corporate environment, what would you say to those emerging leaders? And, and like maybe like what is 
your translation of, of leadership in, in jazz, you know, and, and how, to, yeah, how would you, how would you t tell them to improvise? Yeah. Well, I, I know I've mentioned this multiple times, but really listening is, mm -hmm. is a huge part of, I think everything we do, both as musicians and improvisers, but also off of uh, stepping away from music, just as humans interacting with mm -hmm. other humans, being able to listen and listen efficiently and effectively and listen from their perspective and not listening to respond necessarily, you know, listening to try to understand where someone's coming from, I think is really important. And both as an imp improviser and also I'd imagine as a leader, I mean, most of the time, this is actually another interesting thing is like this last gig I was playing this past weekend, it, it started getting dark. And a lot of times, you know, musicians will do things like, oh, we're going back to the head, to the top of the form yeah. to play the melody until the end of the song. And so that, that kind of went out of the, out of the window because yeah. it's getting dark. You couldn't really see. So everything became yeah. really exaggerated. Like when we were ending a tune, I'd be like, yeah. there's the downbeat. That's where we're going to end, you know? Yeah. And that was even, there's kind of caused some little confusion there and stuff too. So, I mean, there's not always one way of doing something either, you know, and just, yeah. you, just being able to adapt to lead a band or to lead a team or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. But listening, that was the com commonality between all of it is even if the lights went out, we're still using our ears, you right. know, and, and trying to feel where everyone's going. Yeah. Yeah. I often talk about listening generously and you, you mentioned listening really to hear something, somebody as opposed to listening to respond. And I think that that in leadership is probably a leader's best friend next to asking great questions and actually asking a question after listening. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess, you know, one of the things that makes me think about is when you do listen and when you kind of come up with what you need to do, like, how do you decide, like, what's, uh, let's, let's talk about, for example, you know, like leading, you know, like, um, you know, ending a tune or even telling people like directions, like where we're going, mm -hmm. you know, how do you decide, how do you make that decision? How do you, you know, I guess, decide what, what's the right path to go? Yeah. Well, some of that just comes from a lot of, a lot of tunes are played a, a similar way. Uh, so the more you play a tune and the more you're comfortable with it, you know, like these are the directions it could go. Yeah. And so now it's just a matter of deciding when we get there. Yeah. Um, like for example, on the tune, uh, take the A train at the end, it always be, that's like yeah. a very common ending. Yeah. So, and you know, whenever we're right coming up to the last bar and the bass player and the drummer hear me go, they know yeah. where it's going uh, and they can start setting it up. And then, you know, we're all on the same page quickly, but there's just a little bit of anticipation right before that. Yeah, but yeah. even other tunes, you know, it oftentimes we'll just, you know, vamp at the end and just be playing one thing over and over again. And then it's just a matter of kind of like, like maybe I'll, I'll play some, some phrase multiple times mm -hmm. and then, and kind of set up the ending. So mm -hmm. everyone's listening to see what, you know, where's everyone playing? Where could this end? And, mm. and then it's just kind of a matter of half the time it's just <laughs> making a decision and hoping we're all, we're all deciding the yeah. same thing, you know, so and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. A lot of the times it does just by the nature of everyone listening, you know, and that's it always just comes back to using your ears. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to go back to something for just a second, because first of all, I love that. And I, I love being able to, to kind of get your team on the same page and really being able to listen and I think that if I'm if, if there's anything that that as a, a big message, I think to leaders is listening generously and, and using listening as a foundation for your leadership and for being able to get in tune with your people. I think that's that's really key. But what role do do habits and and maybe even systems play in improvising? Because I think that that's 
something that one thing I know that you do is you practice a lot of the standards in all 12 keys. And so talk about that for just a second, because that's obviously a system and that's something that's a practice and a habit that you've done. And I guess maybe why do you do that? And then how important is that habit and that system? Yeah, well, lately there have been multiple times where practicing tunes in 12 keys has saved my butt. Like for example, <laughs> just this past weekend, I called the tune Tree Day and I forgot in the on the chart, which is some of the people didn't know it. They're like, oh, I haven't played this before, but I'll just read the chart and see how it goes. Yeah. And it's on that chart, it's in the key of A, but I'm used to playing it in the key of B flat. Ah. So we started and I quickly realized, oh shoot, I'm in B flat, they're in A. <laughs> so I had to switch like that to start playing it in A, which on saxophone is F sharp, which is a pretty hard key. Yeah. And it's not necessarily an easy tune. And I don't know if I have ever played that tune in that key before, <laughs> but just having the experience of playing other tunes in other keys gives me more facility to be able to do that when the time comes. So that was definitely, because I wasn't going to make the entire rhythm section change, you know, right. I, I just got to jump on it. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I was glad that, because they'd have to sit there and click their phone, try to, you know, get, because right. if they had never, I called a tune, they hadn't played and they were like, yeah, we're willing to try it. So, sure. so yeah, definitely that was having practiced multiple tunes in multiple keys, even if it's not the tune I was necessarily planning on playing just yeah. gives me makes me more comfortable taking other tunes mm. in other uh, like uncomfortable settings you know yeah. so that's definitely been a good system that and a lot of times too you end up working with a vocalist and mm. the vocalist is not all the time singing in the same key sure. you know as the original tune and most of the time not actually more <laughs> times than not so it's it's just good to have practice being able to be flexible like that and um really just get comfortable in other areas where doing things that you don't typically do, but being able to do them. Yeah. And so just there, I mean, you can, that's one thing that you can really practice off stage. And then that way it, it, it just helps in more ways than just, Oh, I've played this tune in this key before. Mm -hmm. Even if that's, even if you haven't having done that with other tunes that maybe are, have a little similarities, then it just makes it a lot easier when you go to, you know, play something in a key that you've never played before, just having that dexterity and being comfortable yeah. around all of that. So those systems and, and, and habits and, 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 processes, I guess, help you to be able to get and navigate into those situations where you've just never been before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You said something just a minute ago that actually triggered a thought to me. And you, you used the word offstage. And I, I like that because there's so oftentimes we see other leaders, we see other people who are on stage and, and you know, we see the result of whatever their their talent is, let's mm -hmm. say, whether it's speaking, whether it's playing a, a musical instrument, whether it's leading and, and actually maybe even leading a meeting. You know, how important then is just practice and just and, and maybe even the time, like what's the ratio of your practice to your actual performance? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely have practiced more than I've played. Let's put it that way, I guess. But but really it yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of it too comes from practicing the things that you can only practice on stage. So, you know, people might see the, the performer in front of, you know, 100,000 people, yeah. but they didn't see them playing in bars and smaller yeah. restaurants. And right. really that's where they were learning mm -hmm. and they can kind of learn under the shadows in a way there's way less eyes on them. And so they can try things and experiment, you know, and that's yeah. how they're practicing is in these smaller settings and they've worked their way up to being now being in front of a big crowd. So it's not like... Yeah. It's not like they just, you know, sat in a practice room for 40 years and then bam, oh, there, there's the big right. crowd. That's just not how it works, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just kind of as you build your way up to more and more people, you know, you get little little bits of uh, opportunities to 
practice the things that, that you really need in front of a smaller crowd so that when you can you finally get the opportunity to play in front of let's say a bigger crowd or a bigger event whatever the case is then you're you're ready because you've been practicing these little things you know but no one there weren't a hundred thousand people to watch you right. mess up over that tune and, <laughs> right. and that's how you learned yeah, you know right. so it's kind of it's definitely there's there's not necessarily a final product that comes just from doing everything you know alone in a practice room right. let's say and just it's you just have to do it you have to mess up and that's the only way you're really going to learn if you mess up in a practice room it's not embarrassing right. you're, gonna, you're not going to remember you know right, it's like right. sometimes the best way to learn is just you know mess up in front of people it really sticks then you know yeah, and yeah. You remember so well and and that really lead, leads itself to getting outside of your comfort zone and just being a, we talk about this in the emerging leader inner circle all the times like getting outside of your comfort zone and and even to your prior point if you know the, the the small group in the the inner circle is our practice room and it's mm -hmm. it's it's our live practice room because there's 25 maybe 30 people in the zoom room and so it gives us an opportunity to play mm -hmm. to actually do what we've practiced and to actually put into practice some of the things that we're teaching and it does get us outside of our comfort zone and maybe the last thing we'll talk about is that getting outside of your comfort zone you know how have you navigated that because i mean I mean, we all have a certain comfort comfort zone and actually, you know, it, it starts to get bigger with the more experience that we have. And, you know, to the point of the emerging leaders in a, a 25 person Zoom room, it's different than getting on stage with 300 people in the audience. So how do you like how do you navigate that or how do you navigate your own comfort zone and, and, and actually maybe even pushing outside of your own comfort zone? Yeah, I would say a, a big thing for me personally has been being around people who are willing to push me. Mm -hmm. So like getting a chance to go down to jam sessions around yeah. musicians who are maybe a few few miles down the road further than me. Um, that's a big thing because they're, you know, they're kind of trying to bring me along for the ride in a way and kind of pull me along, which is nice because maybe they'll take me somewhere that I'm, I'm not willing to go on my own mm -hmm. and they just kind of throw you in the deep end. Right. And then you have no choice but to try to swim. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> and like I said, that's really the best way to learn. And so definitely having other people around you who are willing to, you know, push you in a direction that's going to positive affect your growth journey is just really important I think yeah yeah I, I agree I totally agree and you know we didn't plan it this way but I mean that actually leads into what I believe is probably a leader's best friend when it comes to that exactly getting outside of your comfort zone and that's joining the emerging leader inner circle so joining a, a group joining getting into a group environment that's going to push you beyond where you are i don't care if you're a president of a company you need to be in the 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 company of other people who maybe they're further along than you are maybe they're stronger in certain areas than you are and that helps you to grow as well and so i think that that is really really key so any any final words for you uh, evan uh, you know for the leaders who are listening you know, i guess as it relates to jazz improv you know improvising you know anything at all how would you what would you say to, to wrap a bow on our conversation yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, basically the big thing I've been the commonality I've been saying the whole time is listening is so yeah. important in improvisation and and not just in a musical setting, but like talking is improvisation. Right. So being able to listen and 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 be able to respond and you know carry on a conversation from a perspective of trying to understand where this person's coming from and mm -hmm. and you know maybe what they need, especially if if you're a leader in a company, you have someone who's struggling. You know, being able to listen 
from not from your perspective, but from their perspective, mm. listening is just really important. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I can't even think of a better way to end. So thanks for uh, doing this. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah. <laughs> think, I know this is getting out of your comfort zone. It definitely, yeah. Um, so tell everybody where they can actually find you because this is this is an interesting story. So you got to tell tell everybody where they can go go find you. Okay, yeah. Well, I'm just uh, at Foolish Frankie on pretty much all platforms. So that's, uh, yeah, there's so, that's so, kind of like so a tell, real life. <laughs> tell, the story, tell the Foolish Frankie story. Yeah, so I started uh, making YouTube videos a few years ago under the name. It was actually Foolish Frankie's Fabricated Fortnite Fiddle, <laughs> which is quite a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was, part of it was a marketing thing. You know, I was, I was covering a lot of video game music from the game Fortnite. And, you know, if your name is Fortnite Music Covers, no one wants to click on your channel. So if it's ridiculously long, people click on it. So anyways, I started throughout that content journey. I've been making videos for a few years now. So I do some stuff on YouTube. I do some stuff on TikTok and on Instagram. So I make a whole bunch of music related content on those platforms. Yeah, yeah. So at Foolish Frankie, go check him out. TikTok, YouTube, uh, Instagram, all those all those great things. Thanks. Thanks for doing this. I yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Well, I have to say that was a lot of fun and uh, what an honor for me to have my own son here on the podcast. Uh, definitely a highlight for me in my podcasting. So there's a couple of things that I just want to point out that I, I think are a great leadership and growth lessons and really improv and, and jazz is, is all about getting outside of your comfort zone and trying something new and creating something. And we all are creators. You know, one of the first things that Evan mentioned, and, and, and I know this to be true, is that meeting new people and making connections is one of the best ways to be able to find people that, that you can create with and being able to create things outside of your normal network and getting to know new people is such a valuable growth tool. And, and I, I think that all emerging leaders and, and even senior leaders have to do this and have to get outside of, of our comfort zone. The other thing that Evan talked about that it, I, I don't want you to miss, and, and that is getting around people who are farther along than you are and allowing them to give you feedback for your own growth and just being around other people. I talk about this all the time in masterminds and being in a mastermind and, and really what it means to be around people and, and maybe be around people that are a lot smarter than you are, a lot further along in leadership, a lot farther along in whatever area that uh, that you're in. But I think that is so important and, and helps you to get outside of your comfort zone. The other thing that Evan said, and, and this is so true, I'm really glad that it went, um, and that is listening generously. I mean, as a jazz musician, as a leader, we have to listen and we have to listen with the intent to, to just really listen and understand and not with the intent to respond. So good. That was so good. The other thing that I thought that he mentioned ab about listening was that listening really is the foundation for a cohesive team. I mean, being able to listen to each other and not just listen to be polite, but listen to understand and listen to really make a deeper connection is really an, a great tool as a leader to be able to create that cohesive team. And there's another element that Evan brought up in this uh, episode 
that I think is super important as leaders and as business owners and, and, and people who want to grow. And that is really learning how to manage our are on stage versus off stage. And I, it's, it's interesting that he used that phrase. And I, I, I often will use the phrase that really came from Michael Hyatt of, of being on stage or being off stage. And so in business, there are times when we're on stage. Like right now for me, I'm on stage. I'm actually performing, so to speak, because I'm talking to you as my listener, as my audience about this podcast episode. Then there are times when I'm off stage. My morning routine is my off stage. That's investing in me. It's my my meditation time. It's my rituals. It's it's those things that are going to help me to be better and help me to to practice the things that that make me the best that I can possibly be. And so distinguishing between that on stage time and that off stage time is is really important. The other thing that that Evan brought out to it really at the end of the conversation was was looking at comparing those big moments versus all of the small moments and the small venues that led led up to perhaps a leader's big moment. And so a lot of people don't see those small group performances, those small venues. And and as a leader, we have to practice in those small meetings. Maybe we have a small team of four people, five people, six people, and we have to practice getting good in those environments so that when we get on stage, when there are bigger audiences, that we can perform at that level as well. But it's in those small venues that help us get good. So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. I hope that you learned something from from this conversation about improvisation, about really being able to take something and, and, and work with it and create something out of it. I was so thrilled how this conversation went. And, and honestly, we did not, we did not plan it at all. We, we had a, a roadmap of a couple of key points that we wanted to talk about. And then it just went from there. And so I think that if there's anything that I want to encourage you as a leader and, and really as someone who loves to grow, that is to get comfortable improvising, get comfortable working with other people. And I, I just uh, really appreciate you listening to this particular episode. I'm really grateful too for uh, Evan for being able to join, uh, join me in this, in this episode. I hope that you'll go out and check out his playing at Foolish Frankie. That is his, his handle on Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube. And uh, I really hope that you'll go check it out and, and subscribe. Subscribe too to this podcast because we've got some amazing uh, guests coming up. And actually, the next guest is the former CEO of Saab North America. And also, he was also the, the uh, CEO of, of SeaWorld and also Hershen Family Enterprises. And so it's a great conversation that we've got coming up. And I, I don't want you to miss it. So go out and subscribe. Give us a review. Give us a five-star rating. I'll really appreciate it. And if you do hear that noise in the background, it is Evan starting his sound exercises as I am recording this outro. So thanks so much for joining me in the growth space. And for all of you who have listened for the 52 episodes that we've had, thank you so much. We've got some great ones coming up. So keep listening and give me your feedback. I want to be able to get better. I want to be able to serve you the best 
that I possibly can as well. So so give me feedback. Uh, David at David McGlennon is my email. I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, stay in that growth space and be well. Mm-hmm.